Welcome to the Be Great 8-Man Football Coaching Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to the 8-Man Football Coaching community. I'm your host, Scott McCarty. Here we discuss scheme, program building, team culture, and building and spreading the game of 8-Man Football. This podcast is brought to you by Anywhere Apparel. Are you looking for custom screen printed and embroidered gear for your team, coaches, and fans? Contact Anywhere Apparel. That's Anywhere, A-N-Y-W-E-A-R Apparel. We have access to all the great brands and items that will have your team looking their best. We are a locally owned small business that works with teams, businesses, and individuals. Next time you need custom apparel, make Anywhere Apparel your go-to. Contact Anywhere Apparel at art.anywhereapp at gmail.com. That's A-R-T dot A-N-Y-W-E-A-R-A-P-P at gmail.com or on the phone at 319-385-1763. Today's guest is head coach Matt Myers of Central City in Iowa. Matt has a coaching career that is now at 24 years, and eight of those years have been an eight-man. Coach Myers started his football journey in high school at a place called Hananiga High School in Rockton, Illinois. He decided his playing career was over, but he wasn't done with football in college. Coach Myers went to the University of Iowa, where he was a student manager and worked with the running backs. He started coaching in 1999 at Cedar Rapids Kennedy, where he worked from volunteer assistant up to head freshman coach to head sophomore coach to the varsity offensive coordinator. He then went to Solon High School for a year and was then hired at Central City, where he has been the head man since 2015. In Coach Meyer's tenure at Central City, they have been the district champs in 2018, made the playoffs in 2018 and 22, and those two playoff appearances are two of the three playoff appearances made by Central City. Coach was also named the 2018 Cedar Rapids Gazette Coach of the Year and is the all-time wins leader in Central City history. Coach Myers leads a unique offense where they run power from many different formations and different ways. Please help me in welcoming head coach of the Central City Wildcats, Matt Myers. Coach, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, So we met, uh, it probably was 2018, I think, over in Illinois. Uh, We went to the Illinois. uh, They were just getting started over there with eight man and um, you were a speaker. Um, I think we met at mm-hmm. lunch when the service was so bad. We were all kind of just sitting there, um, got to, got a chance to talk. So maybe it was a blessing in disguise, but, yeah. uh, um, so, and, and we've been uh, friendly ever since, and I'm glad we, uh, were able to finally get you on here and, uh, kind of judging by the way, um, you know, from conversations we've had and following you on, on social media and stuff. Um, you know, I know that you, you do things the right way and you, you treat your kids, um, you know, as human beings, not as kids that just play football. And and you learn that along the way somewhere. And, and who were some of those guys that um, shaped you into the coach and the and the person you are today? Um, well, certainly um, Tim Lewis, um, he was the head coach at Kennedy for uh, 14 of my 15 years there and uh, huge impact on on who I am as a coach and, you know, as probably like a lot of young coaches, I was pretty fiery and my, my players now wouldn't believe it, but I used to yell and scream all the time. And I remember coach Lewis would, you know, pull me off to the side and be like, Hey, you know, you can't do that. You gotta, you gotta, you know, pick your spots and, and, you know, and, and certainly that that was a maturity thing, Um, you know, but he and I just, you know, would just talk life and um, you know, how to help kids and, um, you know, that's where, you know, he, he was all about and, um, you know, just a tremendous, tremendous person. And, um, I, you know, he's still at Kennedy. He's their strength and conditioning coach at Kennedy and my son's a senior at Kennedy. And so I've been thrilled that, 
to see the progress my son Tyler has made in the weight room and helping him as an athlete. So um, Kevin Miller, the head coach, former head coach at Solon, um, you know, legendary Hall of Famer. If he's not in there yet, he he will be. Um, you know, when Coach Lewis resigned, it was just an opportunity to um, go to a different school um, and see how things are done. And um, when, you know, that opportunity to go to Solon, you know, I jumped on that and um, that was, he was a huge impact as well. And then uh, Dan Dickel is another guy. He was a head coach at Highland Lone Tree um, for a while at Iowa City West. He was a head coach. Um, met I met him through Fellowship of Christian Athletes and he and I used to meet weekly and, and talk coaching and football and, and life and um, all those, all three of those men just tr- saw how they really impacted players and, um, you know, went from, you know, being a um, transactional coach um, as a young guy to um, that was, was about wins and losses and, 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 that, and um, just learning about, you know, how to help kids and, and helping kids realize that there's a lot more to wins and losses. And that doesn't mean I, I, enjoy losing because I don't I absolutely hate to lose and I uh, love to win but um at the end of the day it doesn't rule my my weekends you know I'm not right. you know I just remember my first first fall married and <laughs> we'd lose the game and I'd come home and you know my wife basically wouldn't talk to me all weekend and you know she'd be like after the season she's like man you gotta figure something out because you I'm not going to do this. <laughs> yeah, wives are usually pretty good at grounding you real quick, getting you figured out that hey, this isn't the end of the world. It's a high school football game, so yeah, forget about that. Yeah, um, exactly. So when you were at uh, University of Iowa, was that under Coach Fry or was that uh, Coach Ferentz? Uh Coach Fry. Yeah, okay. I was there '94 through '97, um, and and really, I, I'd be remiss, I guess, if I didn't mention. I mean, the impact him and um, Larry Holton was the running backs coach for most of the time there, and um, you know, Coach Fry was, um, you know, even though you know, obviously his focus was on players, but he's as even as managers, he was very, you know, he knew us and, and took time, you know, and here's you know, legendary college football coach and he's talking to a manager like he didn't have to you know take time to get to know us like he did and and um his his kind of program philosophy was build great men and and great things will happen and so I kind of really um kind of learned started to learn a little bit about that from him yeah excellent yeah and um you know i i know of two of the three guys that you mentioned in coach miller and coach dickel and um, you know, Tony Johnson was on here from Easton Valley and he's got a real nice connection with, with coach Dickel and, and then coach Miller, you know, for those of you that don't know, Solon has been probably one of the premier high school programs and in, in the state of Iowa, probably for about the last 10, 15 years, probably, yeah. um, they've been elite in, in the state of Iowa. So, um, in coach Miller, he definitely does it the right way. I've listened to him talk a couple of times and, and he's mm-hmm. a, he's a coach that's for sure. But, all right. So let's, uh, let's get a little talk in there. So you, you said you, uh, you know, you coached at Cedar Rapids Kennedy. Um, you know, that's one of the larger schools in the state of Iowa. Um, then you go to Solon, right. Another big school. And then you go to central city. Who's an eight man program, you know, probably around what 150 total in the high school. Um, uh, probably not even, not uh, even. 100, yeah. 130, maybe nine, twelve. Yeah. So, um, and, and you're an elementary teacher, correct? Yep. yep. Um, 
So kind of talk about just the, the difference there where you go from Kennedy, where you were a freshman coach, a sophomore coach, and then a varsity coach, right? So the three different levels, and then you go to Solon, and now, you know, you, you can fit everybody on a school bus, and they don't even have to double up. Um, you know, so kind of talk about that transition as a coach, if you would. It was, yeah, it, I, it was not easy. I've always been around large schools. My my former high school is a 7A school out of 8. Um, it wasn't when I was there, we were a five A out of six classes in in Illinois. So I mean, I, I had always been associated with a large school, um, and so yeah, it was definitely a, a shock, I guess, to um, to to be around um, such a s- small school. Um, when I interviewed there, I remember when they had showed me around. We walked down the high school hallway, and it was one hallway. And um, Cody Ratliff, one of my you know, assistance and one t- and all one of my all time best friends now is. I remember we got down the end of the hallway and he's like, "Oh yeah, that was the high school." I'm like, "Where?" He's like, "The hallway." I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so, um, but you know, it, it's like anywhere else. There are great kids everywhere, and once, um, kind of once I got used to the fact that I'm, you know, there's not going to be 60, 70 guys on the team, and there's going to be twenty five or thirty. Um, once I kind of got used to that, it was good. Um, I would say more of the biggest thing was, and, and I've told the story to the guys that were on the team in 2015 too, that our first summer OTA, I remember driving home from that thinking, what have I done? I, I just left a powerhouse program where, you know, a good chance that, that we would be competing for state championships um, at that time, Tyler Linderbaum was a freshman the year I coached there. And so and I remember Coach Miller saying, yeah, this guy's going to be the next big thing. And, um, you know, he was absolutely right on that. And, um, you know, Coach Miller's son, Cam, who's starting quarterback in North Dakota State, was coming up through the ranks. And, and I'm looking at Central City, and I'm like, our first OTA, those guys, they didn't know how to take a handoff. They didn't know how to get a snap. They didn't know. I mean, there was just a lot of fundamentals lacking. And I just remember driving home going, oh, my gosh, what have I done? <laughs> you know, um, but fortunately, you know, like you mentioned earlier, my wife kind of grounded me when I got home. And, you know, she's like, this is God's plan. This is, you know, you're you're fine. Yeah, you know, stay the course. And <laughs> so. Oh, I, I can't I can't hear you. I forgot I pushed me on mute, so. <laughs> Um, yeah, talking to a guy that's going from eight man to 11 man, he, he kind of echoed the same things. You know, it's it's the kids that'll make the easy transition for you, you know, and, yeah. and you've had some good kids and you've built relationships. And and he was talking about that, too. So, I mean, ultimately, that's what it comes down to, whether you got eight or 11 on the field. Right. It's just yep. the relationship you have with those guys. Yep, absolutely. Um, so let's kind of talk a little bit about let's get into some of the nuts and bolts of um, Central City Wildcat football. Um, we've played against each other. We scrimmaged and we saw each other at a camp and, and your foot, your, your offense. I don't even use the term wonky. Cause that makes it kind of sound gimmicky and it's not, um, but, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts, whether it's motion and pulls and fake pulls and, and yeah. things like that. Um, and so kind of like, and you said, yeah, we run, uh, RPOs run power often out as many formations as you can. So maybe just talk a little bit about what your base formation would look like day one install what's the base mm-hmm. formation and base power play and then we'll kind of go from there okay so uh we're a single wing based team um and we're on balance 
single wing. Um, and so for us, our, us, our base formation is Irish, we call it Irish. Um, and, uh, we have, we have a quick side and a strong side. And so we have, um, quick guard center, strong guard, X tight end and Y tight end. Um, so, so strong guard X and Y are on obviously the strong side and we have a short nub on the, on the quick side. Um, and then three running backs in the backfield, um, or three backs in the backfield, fullback, tailback and quarterback. Um, I don't, I don't follow all the true like single wing, uh, terminology. Um, I guess I, I like to be a little bit different, but, um, that's, that's kind of what it is. And, and really, I got the name Irish because of the old. It was the old Notre Dame box formation that they that some single wing teams run, but obviously in eight man we can't. So, so we have three guys, and so that's kind of how we got it. And um, you know our, you know, Cody Ralph I mentioned earlier. He he helps coach the junior high now, and um, you know he and Matt Weber is my one another junior high coach and they just do a tremendous job of teaching our basics. So like these last, you know, four or five years, freshmen come in and they know if I say Irish, right. 127 blast, they know how to do it. And so that's, you know, our, in terms of our terminology, we're three, pretty much a three digit. Um, our first digit is our series. So 100s uh, power direct snap, not power, but direct snap series. 200s are spin series, um, 300s kind of, we have a buck lateral series, 400 is a double wing, 500s are jet sweep. So we'd start off with that. And and really that kind of goes back to my days when I was the offense coordinator at Kennedy. Um, we were a stacked eye formation team. And um, that, and actually I, cheap plug for my book on that, but I have a book out there on coach's choice. And, and that was kind of, we were three digit terminology uh, team and to get different series. Um, so that's kind of where that came from. And then um, second number is the ball carrier. And then the third number is, you know, the single wing like hole or what play it is. So, you know, for us, we always run power to the strong side. Uh, and I can say that because I don't think I'm giving away any secrets that anybody who really watches us knows that. Um, so, you know, so our linemen here, we tell our linemen, you don't really care about the formation. You don't care about the first two digits. You only hear, want to hear the second one. You hear seven, you know, it's power. And then, and then any tags and that's how we can get really multiple. Um, and as you know, the guys grow up in our system, then you know we can add more tags and stuff and to it to to make it a lot more multiple and and to be able, for us to make quick and easy adjustments to what teams are doing to try to stop power for example. Okay, I I like that. So you uh, you said that kind of came from the Stack Eye series at Kennedy. Is that mm -hmm. um, and so you just kind of morphed in, in into a single wing there, um, but you kind of make it yourself. Just I'm just kind of catching up with my notes here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yep, that's right. And so. Powers your base, and then you said you know you can make tags and stuff to um, according to the defense. Yep. So let's talk about the next. The defense is maybe shutting down the power. Let's hit them with a play action. Okay. Right? So let's let's talk. What's if we line up in Irish, right? Let's hit them with the the blast play action. What's that look mm -hmm. like? What maybe the routes are you looking for? Um, and, and that kind of thing. You just kind of walk us through like the base. Are you booting? Are you going to mm -hmm. it? Um, and that yep. kind of thing. 
Yep. So yeah, we generally we generally will will uh, run a boot off off of power action, um, and you know pretty much you know I'm looking for the strong side corner coming down real hard, um, and uh, and then booting away from it and um, actually not strong side. Sorry, the quick side corner coming up gotcha. really hard, um, and really just to slow down the backside linebacker. If he's making a lot of plays, which, you know, we all know backside linebacker, you know, if they're any good, they can make a lot of plays no matter what offense you run. Mm -hmm. So if I'm seeing that, so then we'll have a fullback in the flat um, to the quick side. And um, then we'll usually have our tight end over the top um, and just just kind of a way to to kind of slow teams down. Um, And then the front side will run. um, It's really a sweep pass um but it's it's same you know concept it can look just like power um and we can we can either run we can run any of those out of our spin series or out of our direct snap um series and, and then the front side would be like tight end on a flag route um fullback in the flat sometimes we have quarterback go the flat and fullback stay just kind of depends on personnel and that kind of stuff yep absolutely um i so when you when you're calling plays or on your play sheet um, do you have like if then, right? So like if this guy's making every tackle, right? Like a lot of like the triple option things was yep. a lot of times like you know if the mic is making a bunch of tackles, then hit him with rocket sweep, right? Yep. Or if you know if this, then this. So is that kind of how you you yeah. plan or how, you know go through it? How do you, I mean, yeah, that's kind of what I do. Um, uh, I I use kind of the um. Uh, Dub Maddox, the R4 game planning process, which is if then uh, stuff. Yep. And um, so, yeah, so our, you know, our rhythm plays, you know, would be like Irish right 127 blast. And then um, a rush play uh, would be, uh, I'm sorry, a read play then would be a constraint off that, which would be like a counter. So, you know, we might run, say, 217, which is our spin series quarterback power faking sweep to our tailback. And when I'm seeing backside pursuing really hard, um, then, then we'll run two twelve, which is our counter off that. Um, so that might be our, our read play. Um, then a rush could be a play action off either one of those and that kind of stuff. So yeah, that, and that's, I've kind of, I guess I've, I've been coaching long enough where I just kind of know naturally. Right. I don't need to necessarily write it down on a game plan form. And right. I just kind of watch and, and get a feel. And then, um, and we have, we have a sideline replay system, which is unbelievably awesome. Um, and so I have a um, couple actually in the playoff game this past year um, against Trapola, our headsets didn't work. And so we didn't have any coaches upstairs, but they had our iPad and they were just on the sideline and, and they were, they were saying, Hey, they're really killing us. The backside linebackers are flowing really hard as soon as they see power. And so we hit them with a counter a few plays and got, you know, 10, 12 yards and that slowed down the, the linebackers and we were able to go back to run power again. Yeah. Sideline replay in high school as coaches, it's almost a cheat code. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't even know what it costs, but whatever it costs, it's worth, it's, it's worth it. Um, yeah. Yeah. To, to learn from it as a coach, to show the kids so they can learn. I mean, it is, it is worth it. I, and I think, you, I mean, we don't need to plug companies, but I think you use yeah. that games game strat, right. Is what you yeah. use. Yeah. yeah. And, we, and we have huddles. Like, it's, I mean, I'm sure they're similar and uh, 
yeah but it's just the technology is is unbelievable yeah last year we had a game swinging on coaching kids on the sideline off it we had we were playing midland and one of my linemen and so what the midland was doing early in the game was he they were blitzing their middle linebacker on the a gaps you know and you know so i'm talking to my strong guard and so they had a three tech and then the middle linebacker was coming and i'm talking to my strong guard i'm saying you got to come off that double team and get him and and he could not figure it out. And I'm showing him the replay. I'm like, see, look, this is what's going on. Like for five minutes, he tried to argue. With me, and he wasn't like a disrespectful argue. Right, right. But he was just convincing his head. And finally, so I'm so I'm grabbing like freshmen saying, okay, you stand here, you stand here. This is what they're doing. Finally, it dawned on him. And this kid that for Midland was a stud. I mean, he he right. was he was a, I think he was a all state at some point, either quarterback or linebacker. He was a stud. Once we figured it out, he like our guard got on him, and he didn't make a lot of tackles after that. Um, so kind of uh, talk a little bit. Um, you kind of hit the counterpart. I mean, you hit all the X's and O's stuff um, that we were talking about. But uh, so uh, a couple of years ago, you guys kind of fell on some hard times. So you guys um, had had a rough season, and then you turned it around here in 2022, and you made it to the second round of the playoffs. I ran into the eventual runner up in Waco, um, yeah. but. I mean, talk a little bit about what what transitioned from you know being one of those teams that you kind of struggled and in in you know maybe weren't as competitive as a coach would like uh, in the in the wins and loss column mm-hmm. uh, to being ultimately you know one of the top what is that sixteen teams then mm-hmm. that finished in the state like what happened in your program did you do something different did you just a group of kids you know kind of talk a little bit about that transition yeah so twenty twenty yeah that was a rough year um, that was a year where COVID really hurt us. Uh, we were really young. Uh, by the end of the season, we were starting four four freshmen, um, and um, a fifth one was playing a lot. And and so, you know, when everything got shut down because of COVID, that development that they would have gotten in the weight room and out for track and and that kind of stuff um, really hurt them that 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 particular year. And yeah, we. We got shellacked. There's, there's no question about that. Which you know, and we had, and then at one point we were, we we had the toughest schedule in the state. We at one point in time we were zero and six, and every all six teams had a winning record. And so yeah. you know, combine that with a very young, inexperienced team, and so that was for bad things. But those freshmen grew up, and and you know, didn't really change a lot. Um, it's not like we, you know, had to change the culture. They understand that, you know, what the expect expectations are going out for other sports, you know, taking care of the grades, being in the weight room. I mean, those are, um, and they just have been growing up. And so now those freshmen are going to be seniors this fall and um, combined with a very talented junior class coming up and really a very talented sophomore class coming up. So yeah, it was just a matter of, you know, like a lot of schools our size that, to maintain it year in and year out, um, I admire those teams that can do it. Um, but I, I think eventually we, you know, we kind of run out of you know great athletes compared to the teams that we play. Yep, and and uh, I agree. I mean, it's hard to go year in year out. You know, you look at the Remsons and the you know those teams, the Nofondas. It, it seems like they're always the ones that are playing in in November. You know, and they they must have a great set of like culture and value. And you talked about that. Um, you talked about. Uh, getting in the weight room, doing your grades, um, you know, and, and those kind of things. And 
Um, you know, like a, just following you on social media and and getting to know you here the last couple of years. Um, you know, you're a guy that you always put your family first. Um, you know, you, you're you're very upfront about that. I mean, I think you you went and watched your son um, do something for senior night. You know, at a football game because you know your family comes first, and and I admire that. Um, makes me really nervous as a football coach to do one of those things, but um, I, I admire the heck out of it. I only have one kid. I, I don't know if you. I think you only have one son. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so I, I get that. I 100%. And, and I guess what the, where I'm going with this is, you know, you're, you, you yourself have strong values. Um, and how, what are the values, you know, you try to teach your kids and, you know, how do you go about doing that? Well, keeping it organic, you know, keeping it authentic and not saying, okay, oh, guys, here's a PowerPoint. We're going right. to talk about accountability, you know, those kind of things. What are maybe some things you do to take those strong values that you have and transfer those to the kids. Well, years ago, I don't know, even know how I came across it, but um, it was, it's, a, it's called the Real Man Program, and it's it's something that I think they will send to anybody, um, but it stands for respect everyone, especially women, always do the right thing and live a life that matters. And so um, that's, you know, kind of been our, kind of been our thing that we, we do that. And um, we take practice time, um, on Thursdays uh, before we go outside to the practice field and, and we go through a lesson and um, you know, that, you know, for the seniors, so it might get a little old, although there's so many different lessons in there that um, I, mean, I haven't come close in seven years, eight years of <laughs> doing all the lessons. Right. Um, but that's, you know, that's, that's what we do. And I, I buy the guys wristbands every year that say real man on them and our school colors and, um, you know, it's amazing. Like they will wear those and, um, you know, around school and, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's been a, it's been a great thing. And then we talk about those things. We talk about, you know, respecting everyone, respect, especially women. And, you know, we talk about ways to, you know, to do the right thing, how to do the right thing. And then, yeah, how to, how to live life that matters and basically how to live a life that, that serves other people and, and builds others up. And, um, certainly we're not perfect at it and I don't think in any place will be, but, um, hopefully, you know, that we're a lot better off because of it. And, and I tell, we have our parent meeting. I always tell parents that the true success of the program will be measured in 10, 20 years. And, um, when those guys are, are husbands and fathers and, you know, workers and, and employers and employees and, um, you know, when they're having leading successful lives, that's the true success of the program. Yeah, absolutely. And I 100% believe that um, you're not a guy that just says that, you know, and makes a puts a poster on the wall. Um, so, and you can tell in, in your kids and the way they play. So keep doing that coach. And, and that kind of leads me to one of these things. I got two questions are the same question. One's for you personally, and then one's about your team. So what's the main thing for you as a coach? And then how do you keep that the main thing as you go, maybe through the season or through the year? What's mm -hmm. the main thing for Matt Myers as a head coach? I, just the impact lives of kids, um, and that's um, have that positive impact on them. And, you know, I even in 2020 when, you know, we got slacked and back-to-back games, 85 to nothing, 74 to nothing um, against two top five teams, um, you know, I would tell the kids, you know, the scoreboard does not reflect you as a person. And, you know, and that's one of the things I think I learned from Coach Lewis Two, that, excuse me, as a young coach, I took it personally, like, is this reflects my coaching ability. 
And as a, you know, as a more mature coach now, then it's, I realize that it's, it's not a reflection of me as a coach. And so I tell my players that scoreboard win or lose doesn't make you a better person. And so that to me is the main thing. And that's, and that's really kind of what we hold our hat on for, you know, in our program too, that, um, that we just want to, our kids to take hold of that and, you know, know that, you know, let's face it, 99.9% .9 of us are not going to play beyond, you know, college and, or I'm sorry, beyond high school. And, um, you know, the few of us, few of them that do, you know, are playing small college football, which is great. Right. Um, but, but it's, you know, let's face it, none of us are going to go pro and um, at least not, at least not in, in football. Um, although it'd be great to coach a future right. NFL sometime. <laughs> you yeah. might be right now. You got you got two of them right now. <laughs> yeah, we got we got a couple of talented kids, and by no means am I going to take as I got zero credit for that. I'll yeah, tell you I, that. I hear you. <laughs> um, so let's talk. Let's talk football. Main thing you've talked values. Main thing. Let's talk XO skill wise. You know whatever. You know a lot of coaches say physical. You know, but what's the main thing or what's the thing that you want people to know about Central City football? And then how do you keep that the main thing? Um, we want to be physical. Um, how, how do I say I don't want this, this to sound bad, but we do talk about being, being so physical that teams know they played us. That, you know, when they wake up the next morning, that they're that they're sore. You know, we don't, we, we always emphasize, we are not out to injure anybody. We're going to do things the right way. We're going to stay, play within the rules of the game um, and that kind of stuff. But we're just going to be a tough physical team. And um, so that's kind of, kind of what we want to be known for. Um, and then we want to be tough to prepare for. Um, and we may not be very good some years, but at least hopefully we, we can make teams have to, work and practice to try to defend us and, you know, try to figure out our, our offense and defense. And, you know, Steve, Steve Miller, uh, Miller um, from West central, you know, he's told me several times how much he hates playing us because he's like, I don't have anybody that can do all that spin crap. Right. <laughs> and, right. And stuff. So, um, so that's a compliment. And, and that's kind of what we want to be known for. And, you know, hopefully in years and we have a lot of talent that, being unique and doing some different things will hopefully help propel us um, to go a little bit farther than maybe we would have otherwise. Yeah. I, excellent. I like that coach. Um, so we're kind of, kind of wrapping it up here. Um, just take a minute. How can people contact you? If you want to talk about your book real quick, just to get it, get that out there. Um, always trying to help coaches get, Get, get a little side hustle, especially as a teacher. We got We got to have those things. So Yeah, I, I do laugh in my book because I, I probably made a total. See, they got published in 2014. And I think I made a, I, I may have made a total of about $250. I get about $1.50 per book sale. So, um, but, but hey, there a little bit helps. No, that's on Coach's Choice um, or Amazon. You can buy it on Amazon. I love telling my fifth graders, hey, you can buy a, a book I wrote on Amazon. They get all excited. Um, but that's, it's called coaching the stacked eye formation offense. Um, and, and then as far as getting hold of me, uh, I love talking ball. I've talked with guys from across the country. I, I have coaches even, even now that will actually buy my book and reach out to me and ask questions. And so, um, absolutely. Um, you'll see a lot of the stuff in the book that, that kind of what we're doing now, um, different ways to run power and that kind of stuff. Um, 
And then, but my phone number is 319-640-0920. And then my email is M Myers. Um, that's M M I E R S at central city csd.org. All right, I'm just writing that down there. I'm, I'm yep. listening. I'm just trying to nope, scribble as fast as I can so I can put it in the show notes so uh, people can find that and get a hold of you. But, uh, well, Coach, uh, I really appreciate you coming on, um, taking the time and, and meeting here. And uh, we're just getting traction here on Season 2 of the Be Great Podcast. And and uh, I knew I wanted to get you on. I tried to get you on last year, and I ran out of time. And yeah. I had to oh. coach softball, so I ran out of time during the summer. But um, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, I, I enjoy talking to you. I, I, I learn a lot when, you know, at the clinic or just conversations or just creeping on the telegram app, watching you interact with people. Yeah. Um, I, I really appreciate that. And, and I appreciate you taking the time coming on. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you having me. This is a, this is a great thing. I've, I've learned a lot just from listening to all the coaches you've had on here and, um, and I, you know, going scrimmaging against you guys or at the central camp, whatever last year. And, excuse me, your guys, you do it the right way too. And that's what it's all about. So well, I, I appreciate that coach. Well, good luck this year. And uh, yeah. I look forward to talking to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you, coach. That's it for this episode of the be great eight man football coaches podcast. Hopefully you got at least 1% better from listening to this episode. Please share the podcast and leave a review. If you enjoyed the content and learned something from it, you can follow us on Twitter at B E G R eight F C P that's at be great F C P. Or send us an email at begreatfcp at gmail.com. That's B-E-G-R-8-F-C-P, the number eight on both of those. Remember to keep the main thing the main thing and to be great.